Well, we're glad to be back again for another episode of our podcast that we've been doing for uh, several months now on the idea of discipleship moving beyond just what happens in a small group or a church setting, but uh, being with God uh, every day uh, in our everyday existence. And from the core of that, there is a relationship that comes, as Jesus says, uh, he is the vine where the branches abide in him. So we want to be in that relationship with him, that sacred rhythms of what God has given to us. And from that, though, should then produce or should make clear uh, that we've been with him. And so there are things that uh, we should reflect who Christ is. We should see people. We should come alongside people. And now we're going to talk about a, a kind of a big bucket idea of how we actually live on mission. So being from God, what does that produce? It's the idea in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that he tells us now, now we are with him. We, we join him in the ministry of reconciliations, and we are the ambassadors of God. And a crazy idea, God chose to use humanity, and especially those who have come to know Christ, as he calls the church, uh, to then uh, represent or to be an ambassador of who God is. As we reflect Christ, as we become more like Christ, we show the world who God is, and we join him in that. We are co-laborers in that. It's a, it's a wild concept how God can take us crooked people and draw straight lines, but yet this is one of the grace uh, that God gives to us and one of the things that he empowers through his spirit. So in that, in saying all that, that would mean that every one of us has a purpose, Everyone has uh, a reason for existence. And as Paul says, we all have different parts, but there's one body who Christ is the head. So we're going to kind of talk about this a little bit more. We're going to kind of share about this. There's a, a term, a concept that has been flown around. I don't know exactly how long now, but uh, maybe up to, to 20 years now called missional living. And so we're going to kind of define that here. Again, if you're new to us, uh, my name is Pastor Dan Hartzler. I'm the pastor at Refuge Church in Manor, PA. And uh, with me always, I got two guys. So I've got... I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. As they're trying to uh, help us in this discussion. And so we just throw out some of these topics and we start talking about them. And, and the idea is to make us think. Now, we're not going to give you all the answers and we're not going to tell you every right thing to do because we're figuring it out ourselves. But we want to have the dialogue and discussion. And we want to help move us into how does this look like in an everyday existence? And, and that's really what missional living is all about is about the idea that the church is not what the church does on Sunday morning alone or a small group, but it's what we, the people, the, the church being the, the people of God and how we're living every single day. If Jesus gave us the great commission, go and make disciples. But in fact, as that is translated from the Greek into, uh, into English, it's not go and make disciples like you have to go somewhere, but it is as you are going. As you are going, as you are living your life, make disciples. And so it changes our mindset to say, wow, if I'm a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, then uh, I'm being missional living in my home. Uh, if I live in a neighborhood, I'm being missional living in my neighborhood. If I'm going to work and seeing people, then I'm missional in that. Or if I uh, go to sporting events or go to the gym, like everywhere I go, I'm on mission partnering with God to show the world who God is. Um, 
one of the first uh, authors that got me into this idea. His name is Alan Hirsch. Um, again, apologize if I say his name incorrectly, one of my flaws, but uh, he has the statement of saying missional discipleship or missional living incorporates the assimilation of spiritual disciplines, prayer, Bible study, the things that we talk about being with God. He says, but goes beyond to involve ourselves in the eternal purposes of God in this world to redeem it to himself. And so we can't just stop at, well, I spent my time with God, therefore I'm good. Yeah. But it has to move into God using us into a purpose in this world to redeem it to himself. And so this is what we're going to talk about here. We're going to hopefully get some of these definitions set and then next few episodes continue us on. So Ryan, as we introduce this and share this, what's some things that come to your mind? You know, just thinking of that concept of God has a mission overall, big picture mission, but then God has a mission for you individually that is not the same of anyone on the planet. And, and, and here's the thing, it's a mission impossible. And that's why you're qualified for it because you can't do it on your own. Like, and I think that is often, that's the entryway into this missional living is God, I truly don't know what you're doing, but I know you're calling me to live this life out every day. So God, you have to help me to see wherever I'm at, you know, seeing people living this life out. And I think at the simplest form, it's really living with a missional mindset mm-hmm. of waking up knowing that you were created for such a greater purpose than to just go about your life, focusing on me, 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 doing all the things. But, but God is calling you out kind of into the deep end yeah. of, you know, you're not going to have, I mean, I guess he's your floaties, right? He will keep <laughs> you afloat, but, but you're going out to the deep end and, and he's inviting you through his Holy Spirit to partner with him to partner with him in the things that he's already doing. So that's the amazing thing. You're not alone when he's calling you out to do this, but then at its simplest form, it's, it's, you might be going to the grocery store to get your groceries. God might have something greater in store. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, and just, but it's, it's living life with that mindset of, okay, God, what are you up to? I don't know, you know, maybe this is a moment where I'm supposed to step out in faith and talk to this person, hear how they're doing, or, you know, maybe share the gospel. I I don't know. So it's basic form. I think it's really just believing God desires you so much more than what he can get out of you. He desires a living relationship with you. And part of that is him using you, which is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And we're so Ah, quick, quick or prone to look at the people that are either on a stage or yeah. have a platform or write books. And we think, well, oh, God's using them yeah. or that's yeah. their purpose. And they're, they're somehow super level yeah. and we haven't leveled up yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the reality is, is that we're all at the same spot and it's really up to God, whether mm-hmm. how he wants to use it, but we're all at the same spot where we wake up and say, Lord, it's not my will today, but, but your will be done. Yeah. And, you know, what does that look like? How does that play out? And it doesn't mean I have to go off to, you know, a uh, mission field or I have to, you know, go to Bible study or Bible seminary. But it's, it's how do I represent God in the world that I, I live in? 
And it just reminds me too of just a, a, a quick story of a man who was who had a new job and he was really looking forward to to ministering to people. You know, and he was so excited, like, Lord, you know, I'm going to get the chance to, to minister to these people. And I think he was, like, honestly cleaning floors or, you know, like cleaning a building. Well, here he has the night shift and no one's there. So he's all bummed out and he's like, Lord, who am I supposed to minister to? And the Lord speaks to him and says, minister to me. And it was just like such an amazing thing of, you know, your ministry to God is honestly, first and foremost, being with him. And so don't get frustrated if you're out and about and, oh, Lord, I failed. Well, minister to the Lord, you know, and, and, and just because that's who we are as priests, you know, to minister to him. Mike, how about you? How, what's some things you picked up on reading? Yeah, um, I, I think that um, just whenever it comes to this, this topic and, and uh, the idea of missional living, you know, um, Dan, to what you were saying, uh, sometimes we look at the people on the platform and, and we're thinking like, oh, well, that's the person that's, that's supposed to do it. And I love, um, I forget which gospel it's in or if it's in multiple, but um, and I might have talked about this before here. But when Jesus is talking to um, Peter, James and John and maybe Andrew, and it's like, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Mm. And we love to sing those songs. We love to have the mug and, and all of that stuff. But the reality, like. He was talking to a group of fishermen mm -hmm. and saying, I'm going to take the job that you do and you're just going to do that for my glory. You're going to mm. do that for me. Mm. And it's, it's something that like, this is not for the professional Christians who are paid to be good yeah. or, or anything to just, you know, take and, and to just live out. Um, I think that there's almost a, a misconception that you can like backdoor your way into, mm. into heaven and, and just, well, I believe in Jesus. But I feel like for me, you know, a convicting thing that, that I've been learning just in my journey is there is an entire reorientation of my life mm -hmm. yeah. that has to happen around the good news of Jesus Christ, around yeah. the good news of Yahweh and who mm -hmm. he is and what that means. Like it is not just a tool belt, like a hammer that is going to help me get through the hard seasons of my life. Mm -hmm. It is my entire life and God has an agenda on my life, for my life, right? That starts yeah. with being transformed into the image of his son, realizing that identity as a most high son or most high daughter, but to actually be living it then out, to mm -hmm. be that that person, that that person of salt or of light, that, that city on a hill to the mm -hmm. people around us and, and bringing who God is, the testimony of God to the people around us and, and those realities. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you know you think of that of Jesus says you know when when um, he was you know trying they were trying to you know uh, kind of box him in a corner and say you know what's the most important law and Jesus says was yeah. to love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul strength and then he says and to love your neighbor it was almost like in that moment he was saying this is this is this is how this works that that it first comes to this transformation that happens internally but it can't stop there because it has to flow out into the world it has to flow out into evidence for others to see it and then you know the 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 pharisees the teacher of the law tried to track him like well who's my neighbor and then jesus shares the story of the good samaritan yeah. that good samaritan wasn't you know going that day to say well i'm going to do my acts of ministry or i'm going to go and you know uh do my church service today but on his journey mm -hmm. saw an opportunity to represent god represent christ and and he did it 
And um, in that moment, it demonstrated that there was a part of what happened to that Samaritan internally flowed out into the way that he cared for another person. He loved his neighbor, even though it wasn't, uh, you know, in that time, the Jews and the Samaritans were not, uh, they did not get along. They weren't considered, quote unquote, neighbors. But Jesus was, again, blowing up that stereotype of the day to say, no, everyone is your neighbor and you need to represent me when these opportunities come. So like you said earlier, I'm the grocery store, or like you said, Mike, you know, everything has to shift because of the good news of Jesus. Mm. And therefore it, it has to flow out. And the beauty of this too, uh, is it, so many good things that come from this because one, it takes away the, the idea that, okay, uh, it's only for the elites. Mm. It takes away the idea that, well, we have to have all these plans and strategies. Uh, plans and strategies are good, but but it, we don't have to always, I mean, it, it can be just everyday life where there isn't just some kind of, well, I have, you know, here's my 10-point plan to be able to reach the, the people. Well, yeah. Okay, that's good. That might work, and that can help you focus, but a lot of times it's just living life. and And then... There's so much more potential. Now you take, okay, we, we put one person who's maybe a gifted speaker or one person who's a, a worship, you know, master or someone that writes these great books. And we think, okay, that one person's going to reach the masses. And, and, and God can do that. But when you think about the idea of compound interest mm. and the idea that, you know, when, when you start adding two plus two plus two and then two times two and two, I mean, the whole church has been been formed by one person reaching one person who reaches one person who reaches one person. And, and, and the power of that can be, you know, it, it goes across the entire globe. And so uh, I love, I love the talk about this. I love the discussion about this. This is really the heart to me of, of what the church should be. Um, Ryan, what's something in this that, that you've read? I've been reading this book called The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. Uh, by a man, Jeremiah Burroughs. And I love what he's talking about because he talks in the, in the book just about how, how are we content? You know, godliness with contentment is great gain. Well, how are we content? And he says at the one point, a gracious heart is contented by the melting of his will and desires into God's will and desires. By this means he gets contentment. And why I think contentment is so important is because so often we can think of God's mission as something he wants us to do, and we're pursuing a mission, and they're not the same. But what God's inviting us to is, is to have the same mission, which is awesome, you know? And then from that place, I think it's seeing when Jesus prayed, you know, the high priestly prayer in John 17, he prays that we would be one with him as he was one with the Father, and, 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 and why? So that the world would know that Jesus was sent. Yeah. And it's like, that's incredible. Yeah. Like just realizing this oneness, we have one mission, like yeah. us and Jesus together. And so it's just, I think, realizing that our contentment, our satisfaction, our pleasure comes from living on this one mission. And when we deviate and try to, to do things that we think are going to, please us or make us happy or whatever, they, they don't last, yeah. you know? And, and so I think it's just realizing that God's not settled for some lesser mission than you've dreamed up. Mm. <laughs> he has something in store for you greater than you could ever imagine. Yeah. yeah and, and, and again, it doesn't take 
a dramatic, exact, uh, yeah. you know, blowing up of what your current situation is. Yeah. It, it might for some people. I'm not yeah. taking that off the table. Don't mm-hmm. don't hear me out. So God sometimes does that. He just blows everything up and yeah. sends you there or does something. <clears throat> but it doesn't require that. And it can be something as simple as saying, I've already planted you where I want you. <laughs> yeah. But you haven't been looking or you haven't been thinking or, or seeing that. And you, you need to see what I, I've already been doing. Uh, so... Yeah. And I think too, just even, um, you know, I think of David Brainerd, who was a missionary actually to basically Pittsburgh back in the day, he was so sick, like he was sick half the time, but yet he knew that God had him where he was for a purpose. And he really like, honestly, he was so sick that he really couldn't do much, Mm. but yet he was still able to live on mission. And And it didn't have to be this, this crazy thing. It didn't have to be a Billy you know, Graham crusade. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just the small little things of life. That's good. Mike, what about you? What, what have you read on this? So I've, uh, I read this book, the sermon on the Mount by Sinclair B Ferguson. And, um, and the sermon on the Mount in Matthew is where Jesus talks about, um, salt and light. If you've been around church tradition, you've heard a thousand sermons on that. Um, but he's breaking down the, the salt portion of that. And he has this quote. He says, it is all too easy for us to despair as Christians because of our frailty and insignificance personally or numerically. However, we must never give in to Satan's lie that we can be effective only when we have large numbers in a show of strength. Mm. Jesus's illustration of salt is an encouraging reminder that the apparently cheap and insignificant can influence its environment out of all proportion to our expectation. And it was just a, a good reminder that, Again, you don't, as Ryan just said, you don't have to be Billy Graham. Mm. Just being you and, and, and living out what, what God has put in front of you, the purpose for your life, because there is one, um, the mission that, that, that Jesus has given you and just being his disciple, being his follower, being his sibling. And what that means, if you think about maybe you're an only child, I'm not, I have a bunch of siblings <laughs> and we all have different mannerisms from our parents. And it's beautiful because they're not all the same, but you can tell we're all a part of the same family. <laughs> and it's the same um, with this. And he says one more thing that, that I just really thought spoke to it. And it says, Jesus's attractiveness did not draw attention to itself. It did not need to, because it was genuine. <laughs> you don't need to draw attention to real quality because it speaks for itself. And I think that is what it means to just really be living this out. You don't need a sign. You don't need the Instagram thing. That's like, look, I just paid this forward because Mm -hmm. I got paid today and I want to show everybody like it's, it's living it out and just, I'm doing this because of what God's done for me and because it's what he's asked me to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good thought too, because sometimes we can force things, uh, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that yeah. we have to win or we have to save people or we have to get everything right all the time or we have to make every conversation we ever have about, you know, coming back about, to, you know, to who Jesus is. And, and, and again, as, as a pastor, you might, well, how can you say that? Well, there's sometimes where it's just okay not to say something and mm-hmm. you got to learn when to, when to just listen and you got to learn when to speak and you got to, you know, there's, there's nuances to all that kind of stuff. What I would say in all of this, though, is it's, as we've said, it's joining what God is already doing, yeah. not you doing something and then saying, God, come and bless me for what I'm not doing. Not getting the stamp of approval, the endorsement. Yeah. 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 And you say, okay, God, where are you at work mm-hmm. and where do I join you in yeah. that? And to realize, you know, it might be today, it might be uh, the building of a relationship that's going to pay off five times down the road, or you might be someone that 
someone else talks to who talks to them down the road and then they are the ones that actually have that final impact. We have no idea how God's doing, but we just need to join him. And this could be a podcast in and of itself, but like the beautiful thing about that, at least in my experience, is when you finally let go, you finally let go of the wheel and go, okay, God, I'm in for whatever you want. He puts you back in the driver's seat and yeah. says, now drive. <laughs> and it's and it's this weird, complicated thing that happens, but he knows the fire that he's going to put in your bones. He yeah. knows what's going to get you revved up for his glory. And not to say we're always rah, rah, but, but that purpose, that thing that's going to get you out of bed for the glory of God in the morning and the hard days, the good days and every day in between. Yeah. there. To, to me, it's one of those things where it's, there's a sweet spot that God has, yeah. you know, if you, if you understand that term from a baseball, you know, when you take that swing or a golf club, you hit a swing and it there's goes. a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that even hard things aren't uh, necessarily hard or even things that someone else looks and say, you're crazy because you do that. Say, well, this is kind of how God's wired me and I'm yeah. just stepping into that. And, and it takes the pressure off me. I remember, you know, growing up, just feeling so much pressure that I had to show everyone I was a good Christian. Hmm. I had to, I had to show everybody I was good at evangelism. I had to show everybody. I had to prove it. I had to prove it. I had to prove it. And uh, it was all just about me. It was all about what I thought and and what I was worried about and and trying to prove to other people. When when you just again, as you said, let go. You say, God, I'm going to step into what you are doing and step into what you, the world you put me into uh, and what you're calling me to, man, what a, what a change. And, and, and if we could have everybody in the churches thinking that way, uh, and you know, we, then we have all these little pockets of Christians ambassadors for God in all these aspects of life and, and everything. Like I'd have no clue in certain worlds, you know, like you put me in a certain world and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing here, but, but God has made someone that lives in that world to be that person. And so that is so cool to now think it's not all dependent upon me. We're a team, we're a family, we're a body, and everybody has these different worlds, and God is, is instructing, empowering, and giving his spirit, and giving gifts that we'll talk about later uh, in this world. Man, what a cool thing to say that we're yeah. a part of. So, yeah. uh, Ryan, what, what's some practical things that people can do if, if they're just trying to grasp mm-hmm. this idea from moving from just attending a church service to actually saying, I, I should live on mission? Yeah. Right now in this moment, know that God today is inviting you to partner with him in his mission. That involves your daily life, not just someday down the road or in the future or, you know, but, but today he is inviting you and it's an amazing invitation and he wants to partner with you in the small things, just in the small things. So, so just be praying one about that. Lord, what, what is, what does today look like? You know, what does this living on mission look like today? You know, just break it down to the really small. And then I think from that place, just identify someone who you're around. Maybe it's a neighbor. You know, maybe it's uh, someone at work. Maybe someone that God's been putting on your heart. And just engage in a relationship with them. Just start to talk with them. Just start to demonstrate Jesus to them. And, And I think just realizing this is a start of living on mission. You know, it might not be your first conversation, your your first conversation, they're, they're now born again. Maybe it is, but maybe, but God's just calling you to step out, be faithful in the little things. And then the big things will come. 
Yeah. I, I, I love that term ambassador because, you know, you think about someone that's an ambassador to another country, mm-hmm. they're representing their country to a foreign people. Yeah. And, and if you think we're representing God to a foreign person mm-hmm. or a foreign people. So in everything you do, uh, not only just in what you speak, but how you act, yeah. even the fact that you would do your job to the utmost mm. integrity or do your job to the utmost ability that you can, like, you know, even if your job is something that the world would say is simple, or, hmm. you know, even if you're folding laundry at home or, you know, you're changing a tire, just, you know, some of these very mundane, we think, what's the glory of God in this? But if we do it with joy, if we do it because we want to do it well and take care of people, we do it because, you know what, I want to, I want to be faithful in this moment. These are just small little things that we start to think. And then it goes from there to say that now, how can I communicate? How can I care for people? How can I um, be generous to people? How can I show his beauty to people? I mean, these mm-hmm. things that the world I think is craving for, we can start moving towards those things uh, because we represent, because we are an ambassador of, of God. And so uh, even, you know, if that starts, as Ryan said, changes your thought or if that you realize that begins today, right now. Mm-hmm. God is inviting you into that in whatever you're doing. Man, what, what, a, what a change, what a radical opportunity that can be. So uh, we would love to answer questions, though, if you have any or, or be able to help you in any way. Again, we're not solving this. and We're going to keep talking about this because uh, this this really excites me. There's a part of me that loves that idea of coaching in life, and, and I love to see players come to get it and, and understand it for themselves. And there's a part of this in the in the church life that I love when someone sees, wow, God has has empowered me or God has given me this purpose and I get to I get to live this out. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us as we continue on this discussion. Uh, and again, you can email us anytime at church refuge or at churchrefuge.com. We'd love to answer your questions. Have a great day.